Romancing the Dungeon is intended for mature audiences as this show contains adult themes. But, you know, like, not those kind of adult themes. Um, just sensitive stuff that some audience members may find upsetting. Content warnings for specific episodes can be found in episode descriptions. to Romancing the Dungeon, a softcore D&D podcast about heroes navigating their daily lives while looking for love in a world full of peril, monsters and heartbreakers. Are just plain horny. Well, you've taken the first steps to solving your problems, or at least your dating ones. Welcome to D8. Devoted, desired, dreamy or dirty, dapper dates for dejected daters. My name is Roz Grapers, founder, CEO, and love wizard. And did you know it only takes four minutes to decide if you like someone or if they like you? <laughs> I even. Fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like It's Roz <laughs> She's in the room Okay My name is Roz Grapers Founder, CEO And love wizard And it only takes four minutes to decide if you like someone Or if they like you I need even less for half of my customers Our questionnaire continues what did you want to be when you grew up? Aside from a burnout. <laughs> was, was that directed at me? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but yes. When I was little, I wanted to grow up to be a princess. But then as I got older, I realized I didn't have long blonde hair or fair skin or a prince. So Our money. Um, you wake up and your vision's kind of hazy there's a heaviness in the air like a little bit of kind of smoke almost kind of coating it and you can smell milk bubbling maybe oats or something in it there's kind of a, a really kind of nice depth uh, to the to the smell just as your kind of your your vision begins to clear and everything comes into focus you find yourself lying on a rather rickety cot in a dank cave out of the corner of your eye you can just see a little fire pit over it on an actual little uh, iron frame a black cauldron bubbling away you don't see anybody um i sit up slowly and rub my eyes to kind of get rid of the last of the the days of sleep or whatever it was and just look around the cave the cave is kind of sparsely furnished there's a, a table that has clay uh, crockery on it there's a second cot there's some blankets you can see some crates a few sacks filled with provisions or whatever you don't see anybody in the cave i'm gonna get up so and go to maybe the mouth of the cave and have a look around 
Okay. Give me a constitution saving throw. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) That's an eight. As you kind of go to move out of the bed, you had hoisted yourself up and you'd set up. But as you go to kind of actually move, it literally feels like your entire body uh, is about to just collapse. Okay. I suppose from the days I'm kind of trying to piece together what happened before this and remember kind of... Like, my last memory is probably the Flatstone estate and that, isn't it? Yeah, you, you uh, like, trying to recall, you've no idea where you are. Yeah. Uh, and trying to think about what was the last thing you remember. You remember the monstrous form of the shadow of Asmodian. You remember the Ring of the Ram and the Flatstone heart. And you remember just smashing it into his chest. That comes back. And then you can remember Quillow and people talking about him. And he was carried. He carried you home. And then there was a woman, and there was a familiar sense about her. But that was a dream. You you think that was a dream? It doesn't make any sense at all. At all, like it it couldn't possibly be her. I looked down at my hands, mostly to look at the the ring of the ram, just to see if looking at it will help me remember more details and things like that. The ring's actually broken. Like the, you just have a little silver band like a, a, around your head. The, the the actual head that was the, the the ram is gone. It must have broken off when you used it last. Nothing else comes back to mind. I guess I just start saying like, "Hello." There's no response. Can I try to get up again? Give me a Constitution saving throw with disadvantage. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, so that's ten. Hearing nobody, your stomach now just kind of like, you're, you're hungry. You hadn't realised it. Part of that ache through your body, some of it had kind of anchored in your stomach. Shifting out of the bed, your whole body is just like, ow. But the hunger lets you push past it and you move towards the cauldron that's kind of bubbling away. Have a look at what's inside it. It's like porridge. Okay, I just, because the hunger's kind of eaten at me, I grab a bowl and I'm going to scoop a bit of it in and then go back to the cot that I was in and just kind of sit down and eat it and keep kind of watching, not knowing what's going on. I'm on edge. You sit there and you kind of take it. You're just taking a bite of uh, of the food or whatever. And the the cave you're in, like it, it seems to go deeper. You can definitely see where the cave ends and you can see a little bridge you can just about hear a trickle of water there towards the back of the cave. But as you take a bite of the, the, the oats, the porridge, it's kind of slightly burnt. Like it's like the bottom of it caught and that kind of smokiness is kind of good. It's not bad or anything, but it's kind of there. And you just hear a voice kind of echo around the cave a little bit. I hope it didn't burn. Who's there? You hear some kind of rummaging coming from the the back of the cave where you heard the river and just kind of rounding round the mouth of the cave, you just see uh, a form kind of step in from the shadows and standing about 30, 40 feet away from you uh, on the other side of the the little fire pit uh, illuminated, you see a tall, slender woman. What does Una look like? She's got a very striking, angular face and long, kind of mauvey pink hair. Um, and she has it done in like a French plait down the back of her head with a few wisps falling to the side. She stands there kind of looking at you. 
there's a smile, like half, kind of a half curled smile on her face, and in her hand you just see three skinny looking hairs, uh, and she moves into the cave towards you. I'm, I'm glad to see that you're up. I, I thought you might be out for another couple of hours. I'm gonna, and she kind of she takes, she goes to the table and she takes a bowl and she, I'm, I'm just gonna get some food. She's moving closer to you, but she's only kind of walking in the direction of the cauldron. She takes kind of a mouthful of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's burnt, and she just takes the cauldron off the uh, the wireframe. <sighs> Any good dreams? What? You're you're asking me about dreams? Where have you been? I was out hunting, love. I no, no, not out hunting. Where have you been? All these years, where have you been? Okay, we're. How about we just have some food first? You you need to yeah you need to get your strength back up. Screw that! You need to answer some questions. Now, I'm aware that there might be a few questions. Oh, you're aware. Um, and I know I might have missed a few things. A few. But I'd assumed you would have been past the rebellious teenage phase by now. Um, yeah, you, I am actually, but you weren't there to witness that because you've been gone for all of my life. Okay, so those are very harsh criticisms. And she takes another mouthful of the oats. I will tell you, but you do need to eat something and preferably something a little less burnt. I can go out and I can get maybe some berries uh, or, or something. I have no interest in eating. I want to know... Why? So I'm going to give like maybe 30 minutes tops, okay? Make yourself at home. There's an extra pillow on my cot if you want to take that, if you need to, you know, you know I think there's a few books. Um, you can read. They did teach you to read, didn't they? I taught myself to read. Wow. I have so much to catch up on. I'm going to be back. Uh, and she just walks out of the, the cave. I sit there for a minute and then... Holding the bowl, I fired across the room at her bed. Yeah, you you fling the bowl uh, across. What little oats were left in it kind of splatter over the bed, and you see that it's kind of knocked the pillow. And there's there seems to be something under her pillow. I've no care or consideration for her right now, so I go over to see what it is. There's a book. It's old, uh, but you can still make out the name of the book, and it's uh, Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's even better than that. <laughs> Fifty Shades Dark. <laughs> uh, thrust in the light. Uh, uh, <laughs> a Raw's Grey Purse novel. Would I have read this book before, considering Fia's... Uh, give me an intelligence check. She wouldn't be reading it if she was intelligent. <laughs> no. That's a seven. You've heard of the book, but yeah. any of uh, Miss Grey Purse's published materials are kind of the stuff of legend. There's rumour that she writes on several uh, blog boards, which are actually just boards posted around the city that people staple <laughs> random fanfiction to. But no one Please has ever... favourite place. <laughs> yeah. uh, but nobody's ever actually been able to identify any of the work as hers. But amongst some literary circles, uh, and there is a lovely, lovely rumour mill in the Tezrab Library that Roz has actually published um, work under her own name, but uh, all copies of it are missing. It's like stuff of legend. I hold on to the book and just while she's gone, I'm going to 
to look around a bit more at her personal things. I just want to, I guess I'm kind of looking for if she's kept anything of Quillo and I. You spend the next kind of while rummaging through all her belongings, but unbothered or untethered whether she discovers you have done this or not you just continue on you're not taking any kind of great care to make it look like you didn't yeah uh, do this you are looking for any sign that she had something of you or Aquilo's, uh even your father's but for the fact that woman was in the cave a moment ago and you saw her and she spoke to you there's nothing in her belongings or in this cavern that would tie whoever owns it whoever's been living here to you since she's not back yet I go back to my cot and take a seat I kind of pull my knees up to under my chin and then I'm starting to look through this book they just kind of fl- flicking through it yeah the book seems to detail the chronicles of a rather booksome cleric who travels the land uh, spreading the word of the six pack uh, a <laughs> uh, a a deity uh, that is worshipped by the beautiful. The nun, the cleric, uh, appears to be on some quest to reunite with her long lost love, uh, Ricardo. Oh, Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just kind of what I'm doing when I'm waiting for her to, to come back. Again, all you have really to listen to is the sound of that little trickle of water. And then you hear some footsteps kind of sloshing through it as Una returns with a small cloth bag do you want some of their uh, uh, vitamins, apparently? You know, you're supposed to give kids... I'm not hungry. Uh, and she kind of looks at you and she looks at the cave and her belongings. I can't believe the state I've left the place in. She just kind of turns and moves to her cot and the bed and sees that you have the book. It's um, light reading. I'm really, I just, I, I, I found it. I, I, I mean, I, I usually read, you know. Sure. And I, and as I'm saying that, I'm also kind of flicking the pages to show how dog-eared they are. It's really good. Is it really? <laughs> is there more to it or is it just like a standalone? Is it a series or what? What? I have spent years, Thea, looking for the sequel, but. There's a sequel, really? Well, it's, it's just, it's just a rumour. I've not found it. The only source I had was tied up in some sort of weird black market deal. And I had to get in and get out very, very quick. And I, it was that or the book. And I just, you know. And then I catch myself and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Do you like horses? <laughs> That's a thing that young girls and women are into. Why did you leave me? You ask the question uh, without making eye contact. And when you do, you feel, you do, you feel lighter. You feel a little bit freer. You see that Una is set on her cot in the, almost the exact same position as you. I... I think this conversation needs maybe a cup of coffee or something. It's I, stop looking for distractions. It was berries, and now you want coffee. Like I, you just waltz back in, and the last. Technically, la- I climbed back in because you're on the second floor of that apartment. It doesn't matter. You appeared out of nowhere. I, when Quillo reached out to me. 
What? So we can come back to that No, part. no, no. <laughs> what? Quill on you? I, apparently so. I... How long? It's only... How long have you been communicating with him? There was one letter. When? About a week ago. It kind of took me by surprise. I, I, I wasn't aware that either of you really remembered me and your father promised me that he would just tell you I died that that would have been easier how can you make those assumptions on stuff you don't know happened you leaving destroyed us Quillo even more because he remembers more than I do he remembers more of you and the same with dad you think you leaving was like some waltz in the park oh whoop de doo I'll go away for a little while like it fucked things up in our family I didn't leave because I wanted. I've thought about that decision every single day. I would make the decision to leave a hundred times over again. Because even when we were apart, even when I knew I couldn't see you or Quillo, even your father, at least I knew you were alive. And that's why I left. That doesn't make the decision an amazing one. I I abandoned my family. But I did it so that you would survive. I had to choose. Walk away or watch them kill you. That's been dealt with. And now I'm back. I don't expect forgiveness. I don't even need you to call me mom. I just need you to know that I didn't leave because I wanted to. I came back to Tezrab and there was some commotion. Quillo was speaking with somebody uh, in the dining room. I saw you there hurt and I, I took you. You took me for my family. Because you haven't been. You haven't been here. We've established that I haven't. Yeah, well, sorry, there's resentment. You're going to get it. That's fine. I have to prepare dinner. And she gets up from the cot. Give me a perception check. Um, 23. There are tears at the corners of her eyes. Have you stayed in Galeshire this whole time? No. I've been around. What I do is kind of complicated. I I, I really I really don't want to talk about that. We, it's actually easier to unpack all our family trauma if you want. I kind of snicker at that a little bit. So, Quillo running for office? He's running for office? I I think he's declared himself the champion of the slums or something. Okay. I mean, it's a good platform. I don't know where that came from. I mean, what most of the time I don't know where Quillo's ideas come from anyway. That's just like your dad. Really? Oh, yeah. That man came up with the weirdest ideas for businesses all the time. He once tried to convince the harbour master in Tezbrab that 
weighted boots were ideal for diving. This was, of course, without any sort of tether to bring the person up. He threw his prototype into the lake to demonstrate and, well, they sank. Much like the idea. That's not the dad I remember. It was more Quillo was that growing up, he kind of kept things running. I'm sure he... I mean, you turned out normal and good. You mean you're... you're, you're Yeah, yeah, I suppose... (sighs) Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I think I, I have I have some really good friends now. Actually, I'm, I I I hope they're they're okay. I didn't I didn't get to see them after the Flatstone estate. I don't know if they're if are they Do you know are they alive? Are they okay? I I'm sure everybody is fine. I I don't know, Fia. I mean, yeah. if they're your friends and they are as resilient and as courageous uh, as you are then I'm sure they're fine and I'm sure they're looking after each other and I'm, I'm sure they're worried about you as much as you are about them yeah. I mean it's not like they would just forget that one of you was like taken and forget about you or anything like that no they wouldn't they're not that kind of like they're they're really nice you know different and that like they're all characters um but I, I just I hope they're okay I I what 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 can I like? Do I have to stay with you now, or like I I don't know what's going on here. You know, no, you're my prisoner, uh, <laughs> and I'm holding you here against your will, uh, uh, in the hopes that we will bond mother daughter style. Of course, you can go. I I mean, I I'd like you to stay a little while, and I thought maybe, you know, we could talk some more, and I'm sure you've many other questions um, and hurtful statements to make uh, that I will just take on the chin. We can kind of go from there if that's what you want. Look, I can't deny you coming back is a surprise out of the blue I never thought I would see. Um, I do want to get to know you, but you've been gone a long time. I mean... And you did have to reckon with the fact that I was dead, and now I'm not dead. So I can imagine this is not particularly easy for you. We never thought you were dead. Dad never said that to us. Oh, that bastard. If he wasn't dead, I'd kill him myself. Horses. Are you... We never really got, you know, back to that. (laughs) I like them in stories. I think they're really lovely. But actually, when you deal with them in real life, they can be quite annoying. And they're really big. They're really big. And they smell so bad. So bad. Like, you read about them in all these, like, novels and stuff, and they've long, like, flowing hair. Can you pass me the hair-shaving knife over there? <laughs> yeah, sure, here. <laughs> the hair-shaving knife. It's, the it's knife called I a razor. To, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. It's the knife I use to shave the hairs that I've got. <laughs> On your chest? Ooh. Una <laughs> All three of them? <laughs> yeah, I pass her the skinning knife. Okay. Oh, the skinning knife. Yes, that's what it's called. <laughs> Thanks, Fia. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> It's weird. I'm learning more and more that things that I read in stories do not match up to things in real life. They're just stories. I I mean, don't get me wrong, they can, and she kind of looks at the book on your bed, they can have an impact, but they're just stories. Real life isn't a fairy tale. Oh, no one told me that before. See, this is the trouble with teaching yourself to read. Um, and <laughs> she's kind of busy preparing the... I noticed you have my bow do you want it back um no you can you can keep it 
how about I show you how to use it? Um, okay. Uh, well, no, now we've got to... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah, sure. Her shoulders kind of like, lower a little bit. She's not as tense. And she gets to shaving the hair. <laughs> Skinning it. Skinning the hair. <laughs> A couple of days pass and uh, you and Una kind of catch up. You tell her a little bit about, you know, working for for Quillo um, and uh, you tell her a little bit about the uh, adventure you had with Hephaestus, Nate and Thane. She's listening very, very intently and, you know, you ask her a couple of questions, you know, what was she doing all this time? And she always tends to kind of skirt around it like she said that she she worked for like lots of different people um she traveled the world but she just felt it was time to come home and when she got Kulo's letter she kind of felt that that was it and that's what kind of spurred her to to, to come back it's about a, a week or so after you first woke up in the cave you can hear the sound of rain outside you recognise the Montague Forest. You'd skirted around it uh, a couple of times. You'd maybe even been hunting in it before when you were younger. It's a large forest uh, and woodland that kind of skirts the northwest and the western coast of uh, Galeshire. This particular morning, Una, with her bow and with yours, she has taken you out to do some training. She has set up a small little uh, it's just three wooden boxes stacked up on top of it she has like drawn the outline of what you described as the shadow of Asmodian and she's just kind of like it's just got like a little angry face on it and then like another angry face and then like an angry face coming out of that face as well it's a bit weird it it literally looks like a something that a seven-year-old would have drawn like but it, it looks like a monster why don't you show me what you can do so I take out the the raven's talon and I'm going to aim for the three heads each, so it'll be three rolls. Yep. Don't put me down. So one is a 19, another is a 15, and the last one is, oh, a 25. Just kind of taking your stance, rolling out your arms uh, and your shoulders just kind of limbering up, you reach for an arrow and as soon as you find its place, you let it go. It strikes the crate and the first head is struck, or the first face is struck kind of dead centre. You immediately whip out a second and it flies just as quick. And as that's almost still midair, you draw a third and you fire it. And both strike the wooden boxes. Una is just kind of standing there, uh, still holding her bow, her one hand kind of tucked under her chin. Okay, um, you got that from me. Uh, your dad was a crap shot. Terrifying accuracy um, in, in the best possible way. How are you with... And she kind of shifts around a small bit. What about a sword? Fia kind of takes a a step back. Not great. I'm... mm, Close combat is not my thing. Okay. But what do you do when the boxes are too close for you to get a shot off? I try to run away if there's space. Um... Okay, that's not stupid. That's good. But there's been times where there hasn't been, and I haven't, I haven't done well by myself. I've been lucky where there's been friends close by. Like Hefesto once really saved my keister in the Flatstone Estate, but another time I couldn't land a single blow. 
Okay, well, as charming and as wonderful as that keister saving Hephaesta sounds, she's not always going to be around. You need to be able to save your own keister. Have you you figured out the trick with the raven's talon? Yeah, and I materialise the, the shadow blade in my hand. Okay, um... So I'll just get all my secrets out, I suppose. Can you... And she, she reaches for the, the, the raven's talon. I hand it over. The, the, the blade is one thing, and it's, it, it's, it, it can be useful, especially in a pinch, being able to just pull this out of thin air. And as she takes the bow, you just see around it uh, a dark kind of aura begins to manifest and the wind kind of begins to whip up she bends the bow and it breaks and immediately out of both of her hands two short swords just form she blinks and she's mid-air above the boxes and she drives as she falls both blades into the top of the the box so this is the thing that we can do Uh, wow it and she kind of half kind of she's trying to bow but she's got the the blades wedged in the box so she pulls them out and she kind of like eh Uh, (laughs) and then the box is kind of topple and she lands on her feet uh, almost cat-like and then she brings the blades back uh, together again it is just as important to get good with a sword as it is our bow there's been times I've been caught off guard and I've had to rely on, and she kind of pats the the blade uh, on her side. How about I show you that? Uh, maybe that can help. And as for as for the, the the raven's talon, and she's kind of handing the bow back. In time, that power will come to you as well, but only with proper training and guidance. Maybe we could. Spend another week, maybe. Yeah, okay. I, I do at some point want to go and check on my friends to see if they're okay, though, you know? Yeah, no, I I, I totally understand. But, I mean, now we've got the time and the space to, to train. Why why not make the most of it? She As she's saying this, she kind of stops a little bit and she, she kind of looks over her shoulder. Give me a perception check. Um, 25. The wind had picked up as she drew uh, the raven's talon on that breeze there is a putrid smell and it's kind of caught her I think maybe we've trained enough and I think we might be downwind of something yeah what is that it's those burnt oats sorry (laughs) (laughs) goes right through I was going to say it's the dogs (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the mass grave for the dogs that we've been slaughtering all week Um, it's probably a dead owlbear or something okay will we sure yeah um, and she kind of leads you back to uh, the the hideout and the camp the next couple of days pass and you've spent it kind of training with Una she's focused specifically on fighting at close range with a short sword that she's given you oh, and I have a rapier as well I don't know nope you don't <laughs> yes I do did Una pack that up for you and bring it with you when she snuck you out of her room? Never mind. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so, you don't. She's giving you a short sword. Okay. 
Previously, you were going kind of further and further out to train or to hunt or to forage. She seems to be keeping you a little bit closer to the camp. It's now, on your best guess, it's been nearly three weeks since Una brought you here. Are you up for some training again or...? I think I need to head into the city. I, I, will, I will come back. Um, tell you what, I'd love for you to meet my friends. I really would. And I need to check in on Quillo, like, just so he knows I'm okay. Because did you leave a note or anything when we left? That would have been responsible. Okay, yeah. So I probably should check in on Quillo and let him know that I'm okay. And that I've met up with you and it's great. Um, why, why, why don't we, I don't know, have a dinner at the house or something? And I could invite my friends and you could meet them all. And, like, they're, they're so nice. And, like, have, like, a little family reunion thing. I, that... Sounds great. Why don't we talk about it a little bit more? If we're going back to Tezrab um, and you want to have a dinner party, we're going to need to bring something to feed everybody. We can maybe do some hunting. Maybe there's like a, a really idea. fat hare out here that we can just... Or a deer, if we find a deer, would be good. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen any uh, in the three weeks, but sure. I love that optimism. Again, that's your father's, not mine. A um, <laughs> little bit more of a pragmatist. Not a linguist. <laughs> <laughs> I like to enunciate <laughs> as I struggle to say my words. <laughs> you shit it. <laughs> Why don't we, yeah, look, if, uh, and she kind of puts the cup down. We can go out now uh, and we can see what we can find and we can talk more about this this dinner party thing. Yeah. Um, no bow. No bow. It's kind of what we've been doing the last week. So. Fine. And I put the bow down. <laughs> and she heads out of the cave. Give me a survival check and you can do so with advantage. 22. Why even bother rolling? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the stuff I'm good at. <laughs> okay. Uh, give me an arcana check. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not good at that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I was joking. <laughs> I was just being smart. <laughs> I was being smart and it bit me on the bum. <laughs> um, oh. You were actually a little bit surprised. There's a couple of things you notice. That smell uh, you, you picked up on, it's lingering, but it's stronger uh, as you head further west. Una kind of suggests maybe following north. As you do this, you notice there it's, it's kind of erratic, uh, but you can definitely pick up boar tracks. And they seem to have run in a circle rather frantically uh, and then darted left and right and then scooted um, to the north. I wonder if it was set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just a friend, a friend of mine uh, did that before and it kind of... Never mind, never mind. You'll meet him anyway. He can tell us, He can tell you the story. Does he often set fire to wild animals? He he likes fire, I think. He, he seems to kind of do it a lot. But that was the first time I'd ever seen him actually and since do it to a creature. It just so happened to be a boar. I was just like... Mm. Never mind. Okay, um, well, if you're telling me you found a boar's tracks, we might want to, you know, be quiet. We don't, we don't have our bows. Sorry. You follow the tracks uh, a little bit further and they head into kind of a thicker part of the brush. A lot of briars and brambles. And Una is sort of deftly kind of manoeuvring through them uh, as, as quietly and as low as she possibly can. Give me a stealth check. Uh, 29. 
you, you're following kind of behind her and you've, you've been kind of copying her movements and the way she kind of carries and holds herself a little bit. And there is sort of a grace in every step that Una takes. And just on the other side, there's a small round clearing. You can just see the twinkling eyes of a boar. So I kind of make a gesture for her to go that way and I to go the other way to kind of flank it. Okay. Again, through the medium of a podcast, not great, but gives you this, a kind of a like just kind of a thumbs up, uh, and she kind of starts to kind of coil around. Um, I then start approaching it slowly, <laughs> drawing my blade. Okay, make an attack with advantage. Uh, eighteen. Yeah, that hits. <laughs> the boar forgot to wear its plate mail today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's five. <laughs> Okay. You move around to the left as Una flanks the right and she's kind of coming at it from the, the overhang or the overcrop of the rock and just as you get close enough in reach you start to see the boar kind of sniffing the air and then its eyes meet yours and you lunge with the short sword and you stab and you hear kind of a squeal uh, and the boar kind of shrugs and starts to move and as it clambers out of its den Una is on top and she just with her, her blade straight down into uh, the boar. Hey, will this do? Uh, she says, kind of still holding the boar like on the sword. It, this is, it's better than a hair. It's great. I'm, I think we still need to shave it, but yeah. <laughs> There's a different blade for that. There is. It's yeah. the boar shaving blade. <laughs> I mean, we can we can skin this and we can bring it back. I think I've got some salt that we can use to, to cure it, to keep it. Well, um, well, why don't we bring it to... To Quillow, we c- we can cure it at the at the house. Let's yeah, let's let's talk more about going back to the city. I I'm not really sure. We can talk about it on the way if you want. I I'm just I'm not really a city person. Well, it, it's just for one day. I mean, it's just for 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 that. And I'm sure Quillow would like to see you. I mean, Morgan getting out and stuff. Like I'd say, he'd love to see you. We'll see. Uh, and she kind of uh, pulls the blade from the boar and kind of starts to tie uh, its hog feet, little boar legs. Hog tie the hog. It's hog tie the, <laughs> the hog. hog. Um, and uh, she kind of she's looking around for like a, a large branch or something that she can, and she finds it. Do, do you want to? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And she kind of looks over her. She's kind of looking around, and she kind of, she heads back yeah, in the direction you came. You see the mouth of the cave and then Una stops. She gets low. Wait here. And she vanishes. She literally blinks. Give me a perception check. Fifteen. You don't see her. There was a kind of a a puff of smoke where she was a moment ago. Your best guess is that because you were were close enough to the cave that she's kind of appeared within it or around it. But... They're kind of in the clearing just at the mouth of this cave. One of the trees, you you just see kind of something kind of half flapping. Um, I leave the boar where it is, but I kind of start deltily, like in a half crouch, walking towards that to see what it is. Trying to keep as much cover if I can. Give me a stealth check. Uh, 13. Using uh, the trees for cover, you sneak towards that thing kind of flapping. You see a piece of paper uh, and it's short, uh, narrow. And what, you kind of, what kind of caught your attention, not only the sound that it's kind of making, but what's pinning it to the thing kind of caught a little bit of the, the light. And you just see a short gold 
dagger. And as you draw closer to the trunk of the tree, you see what's pinned to it. It's a small card, and it just depicts a man hanging upside down. That's weird. I reach up to take it, to take the dagger out and take the paper down and hold it and flip it over to see the other side to see if there's anything else on it. Blank. Uh, Una comes out from the mouth of the cave. I, I thought I asked you to... There was something moving over here, so I just came to look, and I, I'm holding the, the dagger and this piece of paper in my hand. Like Probably some hermit. Kind of a rich hermit. I mean, we can sell it if you want to sell it. I, uh, do you want me to take those things? Yeah, okay. She takes them. She doesn't really give them any kind of regard. She kind of just... I think, yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about it. It's... You're right. I, I, I need to meet Quillow and, and talk to him. I think you're far wiser than I, Fia Isidrum. Um, and I think it's about time we head back to Tezrap and I get to do all this all over again. <laughs> He's probably not going to be as receptive as me. That does not bode well, but we'll deal with that when the time comes. We should pack up. We don't need much. We can we can leave most of the stuff here, but let's just be gone yeah. as quick. We, we can even head out I mean, it's still light. We can we can go now. It's early. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. It's great. You head into the the cave, um, and uh, Una kind of uh, pulls kind of a cart out from like a, a small little antechamber, uh, loads it up with the boar, uh, like a kind of a, a knapsack with her belongings. You really get to call a place a home, don't you? How long have you been here? Oh, a while. Um, it's crazy to think you were so close and we'd no idea. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. <laughs> so, dinner parties. Do we talk about skinny animals? Or I, I'm a little rusty on my formal etiquette. Oh, don't worry. My friends are not very formal. Oh, great. And how many are... Well, there's Hephaestus, then there's uh, Thane, who's Thane, and then there's Nate. And then Quillo, and... Probably, I like, I don't know, I'm... I might see if Nate wants to bring along his mom and stuff. And I'm not sure if Thane wants to bring a plus one or a festive. But I'll ask them if I see them. I need to find out where they are. That's the problem. It's starting to become a mob. I can't wait. And she's just now, like, anxiety building as she heads uh, out of the mouth of the cave, pulling the cart behind her. And you're telling her about the dinner party and what we might do with the boar and so on and so forth. After a couple of hours, you can just see on the horizon the cityscape. And there's a little bit of part of you that's kind of like happy to see that and to see that space. But Una beside you, it, it doesn't, it almost doesn't feel real. As you get back home, Burbage and Sons is filled with campaign posters. Quillo is there busy. He, he sees you and he sees Una and he, Fia. Hey. Mom. Quillo. Uh, and he just walks over to her and gives her a hug and Fia kind of like holds her hands up to her mouth kind of like smiling like gleefully that this is happening a note would have been useful you know I know I said it to her but she we got sidetracked sorry no hard feelings how's everything going I have you has have any of my friends been around at all give me an insight check uh, dirty 20. He, he was about to say something and he <laughs> caught himself. 
Um, you could just kind of see it a little bit. You know what? No, I haven't seen any of them. To be fair, um, Fia, I've been very busy with the campaign. You know, I, I'm basically a, a, a one man team. How's it going for you? It could be better. Uh, I mean, had I not been abandoned by you and mom again, who knows? I might have gotten a bit more accomplished. Still plenty of posters to put up. If Why don't you take a stack and yeah. I can catch up with mom? Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> and like, I, I turn to mom and I'm like, I'll see you later, all right? And Una is just looking at you with eyes of like, please don't leave. This is going to be really <laughs> awkward. And you, as you walk off with a bundle of posters under your arm and plans for a dinner party in your head, you just hear Una like, so horses, are you... <laughs> you spend the rest of the day kind of traipsing up and down Barefoot Alley and the Market District putting up posters and a few people are kind of giving you the odd look, you know, wondering, isn't, isn't she the girl that died? Uh, is, is, that, is that not the one? And, but nobody kind of approaches you, you're kind of left to your own devices. I'm wondering why everyone is looking at me. I'm like, okay. The, the day kind of draws on and you're heading back to Burbage and Sons. But just as you head down the street around the corner, you almost walk uh, into somebody. Like, they, they come around the corner quite quickly, and you see Cloda. Oh, sorry. Oh, hi! Uh, hey, Fia. What are you doing out and about? Oh my god, it's so good to see someone I know. Where have you been? Everybody's been looking for you. Oh, it's, oh my god, it's it's an incredible story. Where's where's Nate or Hephaestus? Have you seen any of them? Or Thane? Uh, well, Nate's, Nate's back at the Copper Rabbit. Um, but I, I haven't seen Hephaestus or Thane. Oh, Okay, never mind. Here, we're having a dinner party at my house. My mom's come back. It's amazing. It's a long story. Um, but could you could you let Nate know we're having a dinner party in a couple of days? You're more than welcome to come along. I'm Marilla too. It'd be great. Uh, and I don't know if you could. I don't know if he's bumped into to Hephaestus or Thane. But if he, if he, you know, if he has, could you tell them to like get in touch with them and let them know that this is happening too? Uh, of of course. Y- yeah. How nope. are you doing anyway? Are you good? Uh, I'm I'm great. This is weird. We we missed you. I know it's it's been such a strange time. Um, I've only just kind of got back today. Everything's happening. I've just my brother is running for council, and I've been helping him put up posters and everything. Anyway, I'd love for you all to meet my mom. I'm so excited. Uh, okay, sounds sounds great. Okay, all right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Fia. Yeah, Clodagh, you're left kind of standing there, uh, like a, a bag of stuff under your arm uh, that Marilla had sent you out to pick up, and Fia just kind of skips and half runs down the street just this bundle of energy what a strange strange girl that's it for this week's episode you were listening to Amber as Hephaestus Sam as Nathaniel Obsidian McKnight Louise as Fia James as Kyle and special guest Eilish as Cloda Metamoon a big thank you as always to Ghost of Red Mountain for our amazing theme song Haunted make sure you check out their YouTube channel I'm Declan, your Dungeon Master. We're back in two weeks for another episode. Until then, why not check out our Discord server, D8 Dungeon? You can back the show for some sweet rewards on Patreon. Leave us a heartfelt review wherever you listen to your podcasts or tweet us your thoughts and emotions at D8 Dungeon.
How do you prepare hairs? <laughs> I was like, is she shaving it? Did she shave it? She skins it. She skins it. Right. Yeah. She skins it. Mm. She's I was like, it. prepare what hair? <laughs> she lathers up the shaving foam. Dead, dead. I'm your Venus. Oh, God.